The Productive Woman, Episode 162. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks for joining me in this episode. We're going to be talking about dealing with circumstances in our life that seem beyond our control. You'll find more information and links to resources I recommend in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 162. This episode is brought by our sponsors, SaneBox and Kind Bars. Now, SaneBox is a great tool for managing your email. When we talk about circumstances beyond our control, uh, email seems to be one of those things. I, I don't know about you, but I get so many emails in the course of a day, and it can be overwhelming and distracting. And SaneBox has been an amazing tool that I found and actually paid for before they ever came on board as a sponsor. Uh, What it does is it filters out unimportant email out of your inbox and puts it away into folders so you can deal with it later on your own schedule. And what's cool about it is that it learns as you go along. So for instance, if an email goes into my inbox that's not important, I can just drag it into the same later folder and it learns that those types of emails go there or vice versa. If when I go through the same later folder or another one that I use the same news folder, which is where my various e-newsletters will go. If I'm going through there and I see something that should belong in the inbox, something that is important to me, I just drag it from that folder into the inbox and somehow box learns that 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 type of email goes into my inbox. So it's amazing how it learns and what a great job it does. I very seldom find things in a folder they don't belong in. Um, So what it does, as I said, is it sorts these emails into various folders and you can set up custom ones. The same later folder is kind of a standard one that comes automatically um, for those less important emails, same news is where your newsletters go. Uh, and then there's another one that comes standard that is such a great tool. It, they call it the same black hole. And any email that you get that is kind of a spammy thing that shows up in your inbox or just something you don't want any to receive any more of those, you just drag it into the same black hole and you will not see emails from that email address again. They just, they never go into your inbox after that. SaneBox really is a tool that makes email way less overwhelming, helps me get more done with less distraction. And I am so glad I found it and, and I gave it a try. They offer a 14-day free trial and I subscribe before that 14 days was over. It's just been a, such a great tool for me. They are offering a special deal for listeners of The Productive Woman. If you click on my exclusive link, which is sanebox.com slash TPW for The Productive Woman, uh, if you click on that and sign up for the 14-day free trial, 
then not only do you get that free trial, but if, and I would say almost when you decide to subscribe after the trial ends, you'll automatically have a $20 credit applied to your account. Uh, so if you use that, again, that link, sanebox.com slash TPW, and I'll put that link in the show notes too, so you don't have to remember it. You can just go into the show notes and click on it. No coupon code needed or anything. They just, um, it takes you right to it. You get your 14 day free trial. And then if you buy, you know, if you subscribe, then you get the $20 credit. Highly recommended. I, it's, it's really been a lifesaver for me. So I encourage you to give it a try. Now let's get into the topic of this episode. I have, um, for the past few weeks, I've been getting quite a lot of emails and seeing a lot of Facebook posts, not just in the community, the, the productive woman, um, community Facebook group, but also just in general on Facebook from women who are feeling overwhelmed and who are asking for ideas about how to manage it all. Um, I hear, you know, I see these things with where, where women are talking about and men too, but I mostly, of course, I'm interacting with women about these things, long lists of commitments and obligations and, and this sense of, I just can't keep it, keep up with it. Um, and I can't get my own stuff done. My, you know, things that matter to me, the, my personal interest, because I'm so tied up with all these other things. And many of these follow a theme that includes an idea of, I have to do all these things. I, I see emails or, or posts or different things like, I, I hate my job, or I want to stay home and be with my family, or I want to build my own business, but I can't quit this job because we need the money. So I, I have to stay at this job. Uh, or my boss expects me to do all this stuff. I have too much to do and no help to get it done. Or my family expects me to do all these things for them. Um, so I have no time for myself and for my own interests. Or, you know, I see often things along the lines of, you know, there's these things that need to get done and nobody else will do these things. So I have to. And I've been thinking about that. And, you know, I totally I've been there. I have thought and said those things. And and so a lot of this really resonates with me. And um, it got me to thinking about how many of us seem to feel trapped and overwhelmed um, too much to do, no way out. And I wonder, are we really bound by these things the way we feel we are? How do we end up in this situation where we've just got too much to do and we feel like there's there's no escape from it? Um, part of it, I think, is for a lot of us, it's just hard to say no. And there are a lot of reasons why that is. We, we want to be liked. We want to be seen as a team player or a can-do person. We want to be seen as a supportive friend, or we just have a sincere desire to help and be, you know, be supportive. Uh, we talked about some of these things way, way back in um, episode eight of The Productive Woman. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It might be worth going back and looking at that episode on on ways to say no gracefully. Um, but 
so there's, those are some, that's one of the reasons we get in this position where we've got so much to do, too much to do, and, and we feel like there's, we're trapped in it. Uh, I recently read an article by Michael Hyatt, a post that he did called Five Reasons You Need to Get Better at Saying No. And I will definitely put a link to that in the show notes. It's a real short post, but some great insights there. So one of the reasons we get into this situation of of all these things to do, no time for our own interests or to accomplish or pursue our own goals, um, is that we, we have a hard time saying no when people come to us asking us for things. And another reason is that we just don't see any other options. Um, we, we feel like this is the way life has to be. And we, there's, there's a little bit of, I don't know, it feels a little hopeless when we take that perspective or we have that perspective of this is, this is life and there's no way out of it. So I wanted to, um, talk a little bit about that. I, as I thought about this, I, it's something I've been thinking about for the last several weeks. And, and is it really, is that really the truth? Are we really stuck in those situations where there's no alternatives, no way out of this load that we're under? And so uh, as I thought about it, I thought there's some questions that we could ask ourselves in evaluating these circumstances, whether it's a job we don't like, but we feel like we have to stay at, or a change we feel we can't make, um, because of money. Um, so that's, that, that's an area I wanted to explore a little bit. Are we really sort of stuck in that situation? Um, or is there an alternative way of dealing with this? And so the first thing we have to do is sit down and really ask these questions about, um, how much money do we actually need to live? I, I, so many of us as women, and I think men are in similar situations often where they're in this job that is not what they want to be doing, but they feel like they need to stay there because it pays well and their you know, your family or your household is counting on it in order to really evaluate that. And, and see, is that really the truth? We need to understand how much money do we actually need to live? Can we change our lifestyle to reduce that number? You know, honestly, ask these questions of yourself. How many so-called necessities are we paying for that we actually could live quite happily without? Is our lifestyle being dictated by the community we live in or the people we associate with, sort of the the keeping up with the Joneses effect that we we do certain things because everybody in that we know does it and we you know, we wanna look well, we wanna keep a a a good image up for our community. It really comes down to asking yourself that really important question. What do I want? What do I really want? Um, if we're talking about money, um, and this issue of a job, maybe that we don't want, but, but we feel like we have to stay in, do I, what do I want more? Do I want free time to spend with my family or on my personal interests? Or do I want luxuries more or a certain lifestyle or prestige or the admiration of my friends or status in the community? What do I really want? 
And similarly, as we're evaluating these obligations and commitments in our life that we feel like are kind of overwhelming us, but that we're stuck with, when it comes to time, what do I want? Do I want a quieter, more peaceful life with time to pursue my interests and just relax and enjoy the people in my life? Or do I want a feeling of accomplishment more than I want that? Do I want a feeling of being indispensable? Sometimes we don't let other people do things because part of our identity is being, um, is in being the efficient one who gets stuff done for everybody. Um, and so these are some questions that we can ask ourselves. And, and there are, I, I want to emphasize, there are no right or wrong answers here. It's about being aware and conscious of the reality as opposed to kind of this perception we have of what's necessary and what, what we're obligated to. Um, it go, you know, kind of sticking with this idea of how, uh, how our time is being used and, and why we don't have time to pursue the things that we're interested in, whether or not our job is at issue. And so I talked, you know, I talked a little bit about the money side of it, uh, assuming that you've got a job that you're not really in love with, but you feel like you're stuck with. But even if that's not an issue, maybe we love our job. Um, uh, or we're, you know, we, we're happy with that. If we are feeling like we're overwhelmed by obligations and expectations and then, and therefore can't do the things we really want to do, then we need to get a real clear look at how we're actually really spending our time. And so if, if you're in that situation, I would encourage you to actually track your time for a week, write it down, get a little notebook or open up a spreadsheet on your computer, whatever works for you and keep track of what you do for a week every day. Um, you know, minute, you know, hour by hour or however you break it out, but keep an accurate account of how you're spending your time and then sit down with a cup of coffee or whatever you like. And you're, you know, the facts that you've gathered from this monitoring and evaluate it and ask yourself of all the things I'm doing, what's really necessary um, really think about that. How much time are you spending on things that maybe aren't necessary um, and that you can be um, a little more deliberate about what you're actually doing, um, what can be deferred, what can be uh, delegated to others, what can be deleted altogether from your calendar. We actually can choose, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. We often say we, we can't or think we can't, but, but we always can. So as you, you're looking at all these things you've been doing, the way you've been spending your time, ask yourself what resources are available to take some of that load off of you? What can be delegated? And there's a whole spectrum. We've talked about this on previous episodes and I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes where we've gone into this in a little more depth, but you know, can you hire help either at home uh, with some of the things that you're doing there or on the job? Can you hire help to take on some of the tasks that you're doing? Maybe you don't have a ton of money, but say you've got some things that you could offload at home maybe uh, that you could use some help with. Can you hire a local high school student or a college student who needs some extra money who could come and help, um, 
you know, with the laundry or the yard work or whatever, the filing, whatever are things that are taking up your time that could be done by somebody else that doesn't, that really don't have to be done by you. Um, consider that as an alternative, what, whatever sources there may be for some help that you could bring in. Um, consider using services. And I always think of, you know, meal services, some of the, the kinds of things like, um, blue apron or some of those that, uh, that will send food that is already pre pre kind of cut up and pre portioned so that all you have to do is kind of throw it together or meal planning services, even like the one Michelle Fennig house offered on a previous episode or prep dish, which is another one of those services that we've talked about in the past. Um, are there services like that available that could maybe help you uh, take some of the load of getting dinner on the table off of your, your plate, so to speak, Um, or just planning ahead as Michelle encouraged us to do, to choose very simple meals that you can, that you can prepare quickly or doing batch cooking. Like, you know, we made a big pot of spaghetti here at home and had some of it for dinner and we'll have more, you know, there's leftovers for later in the week, that kind of thing that you can do to save time to devote to other things. So where can you get help? Where can you delegate some of those things that you've been spending your time on that maybe are not as high priority to you as other things? Are there things on that list, you know, that you've evaluated where you spent your time? Are there things there that you can defer that you can set aside and not do now? And we're talking about setting aside for this season, not forever, not saying you're never going to do those things, but right now, given the other things going on in your life and the priorities that you have, are there things that you can set aside? For example, maybe now's not the time to be a classroom volunteer at your children's schools. I have to confess, I never did that. After I started practicing law full time, I, I simply couldn't be a regular volunteer in my kids' classroom. But I would intentionally choose one thing to do in a year. I would kind of look at where there might be needs for and and so for one year, um, my high school son was uh, his choir was going on a choir trip, and that was a few days, uh, kind of a one-time event. And I offered to help chaperone that trip. It it did a couple of things. I felt like I was contributing to what was going on at his school. It allowed me to spend time with him, um, uh, and you know, on the trip. Uh, it allowed me to do something I enjoyed because I sang when I was in high school. So I enjoyed being part of that activity. And I also got a chance to get acquainted with some of his classmates and his teachers on that trip. So choosing a, a kind of a one-off way to contribute rather than being a weekly or regular volunteer in a classroom is, is an example of how you can sort of defer some things and still be uh, making a contribution. Um, Another thing that I think about in all these things that we're doing, we often say that we have to do all these things because no one else can do it or no one else will do it. But ask yourself this, is that really true? I think often when we say those things, we are, what what really is true that we want, whether consciously or not, we want to control the outcome or we want to feel necessary 
Uh, we won't let go of things that really other people could do, or maybe that don't even need to be done, but that's, you know, that's a separate part of this equation, I guess. Why won't we let go of those things? Something really to think about. Do we, are we getting our identity from being the one who gets stuff done or the one who's reliable or the one who, you know, everybody needs? Um, sometimes we say we've asked for help. Uh, there was a, you know, conversation. I've had a couple different conversations with folks who feel that they're overloaded at work, um, being, you know, having more and more responsibility put on them and it's more than they can get done. They're having to work late all the time. And although they've asked for help from their boss, uh, told their boss they need help, it's not forthcoming. They just get more work to do. And, and I think sometimes we, we say we've asked for help. We, we even think we've asked for help, but many times, um, and this is, I, I think this is an issue more with women that men are more inclined, many men to be more direct and just say, this is what I need. I need an assistant or I need, you know, a part-time help for the, to get this project done, whatever. Whereas not all, but many times women will ask sort of obliquely, will kind of hint at it, or will ask timidly or otherwise just not ask in a clear, unequivocal way. You know, we might mention, oh, it sure would be nice to have some help. That's not asking for help. That's hinting and hoping someone will take the hint and do something. And it very often doesn't work. And so I would encourage you if you're in that situation and, and I would just say, this is true, whether you're at work and, and trying to communicate with your boss at home, uh, trying to communicate with your spouse about getting more help or your kids or whatever, take a minute, a few minutes and think about exactly what help you need. Exactly. Which of the many obligations do you want relief from? What, what could be sort of divvied out, divvied up and handed off to somebody else to do that would make a difference for you. Be very clear in your own mind about what it is you want. Develop a plan to show how it could work and then ask for it very clearly and very in a very straightforward way. And I, you know, I say that, and I, I'm going to admit that that's hard for me to do because I, I don't like asking for things because when I do, if, if, the, the answer is no, I feel embarrassed for having asked, but we honestly can't get help if we don't ask for it. And, and, you know, the, the truth is if I ask and the answer, you know, I ask my boss or whatever, and the answer is no, then I'm really no worse off than I am now, but at least I tried for help. So again, and instead of hinting, instead of hoping, Think about exactly what would help, what kind of help you need, what would make a difference for you, develop that plan and ask for it in a very clear way. I, you know, these are just, I, I hope this is helpful. These are some thoughts that I had as I, I've been kind of pondering this issue of, of those of us who have so many obligations that we feel like we're, we're stuck with uh, and that our life is just kind of out of control. I think it's important for us to to really think about what's behind that and and tell ourselves some truth. Here, here's what I believe, and when it comes to this sort of thing about my life and if I don't like the way things are going right now, I believe that at the end of the day, the life we're living is the result of choices that we make to act or not to act. 
Either one of those is a choice. And I think, I, I really believe that the life we live is the result of our own choices. I'm not the only one. A, a person named Graham Brown was quoted as saying, life is about choices. Some we regret, some we're proud of, some will haunt us forever. The message, we are what we chose to be. I really believe that's true. I also believe that we always have options. Now we might choose not to take them because we don't like the consequences, but even that is an option. Even that is a choice. We all, there is always an option. Even if we have a job we absolutely hate and we think I can't quit because my family will starve or whatever, you still have that choice. You probably don't like that option. And the choices we may have, the options we may have to choose among may not be awesome, but there are always options. Um, one article I read said something very similar to uh, this, is an article called, are you choosing your circumstances or are you a victim of them? And that writer said, you always have options always. And that doesn't mean you have ideal options. And in the article, they talked about various circumstances people might be in with a, with a brother, you know, a sibling that's really difficult to deal with or, different things. And, and so the, the writer goes on to say, again, this says it doesn't mean you have ideal options. So for instance, it doesn't mean that cutting ties with your brother or foreclosing on your house or taking a different job with fewer benefits are perfect options, but they are options. You have a choice and you are making it always. I actually, I, I really do agree with that. I also believe that you know, ultimately we are not helpless and powerless and at the mercy of the world and our circumstances. We are making our lives every day by each small choice we make, whether we're doing the, making those choices intentionally or by default. Um, Michael Hyatt in his wonderful post called your life is the sum of your choices said, blaming our circumstances or other people even when they are partly or almost totally responsible, only makes us victims. It robs us of our freedom and keeps us stuck. There is a better way. Change is possible. It can begin today. You don't have to stay stuck in the state you're in. And Michael goes on to say, but first you must own your specific situation and take responsibility for the choices that led to it. Only then can you begin to create a different future. Um, I that this article that I found kind of serendipitously as I was thinking about the stuff for this episode really spoke to me. And and the thing, one thing that really got to me in um, it was in that same post. Uh, he quoted a Twitter exchange um, uh, from a that, um, he had planned to run in a marathon or something or, or some sort of race and didn't do it. And he was tweeting back and forth with someone who knows him about it, about why he didn't do it. And at one point, Michael says, I almost said uh, I was too busy, but I realized I choose how busy I am and what I give my attention to. I own my life. I really want to let that sink in for you. I, I wonder if it's as, as powerful for you as it was for me. You know, he'd, 
um, his friend had asked about how the run had gone, the race had gone. And he said he didn't, he chose not to because he had other priorities. And then I'm going to, I want to quote this again, because I just think it was so important. What Michael said back to this person was, I almost said I was too busy, but I realized and get this. Okay. I choose how busy I am and what I give my attention to. I own my life. I, I, I really hope that that's sinking into your heart. Uh, and it's something I've really been meditating about a lot. Now, I, I want to say that this idea that our life is the result of our choices could be interpreted as, as maybe insensitive to, to those people who are in terrible circumstances far beyond their control, people in extreme poverty or suffering terrible abuse and, and those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that, that it could be seen that way. As one writer has said, uh, talking about that very issue, this issue of our, our, is our life the result of our choices or is it, you know, things happen to us. And this writer said, are uh, talking about people in those kinds of horrible situations. Are these people also products of their decisions? And this writer concluded, yes, but where I had the freedom to make good decisions, they have been forced to decide between bad and worse just to survive. And I get that. I do. I understand that things happen to children that are not their choice. Um, there are things that happen in people's lives that, that seem to have been imposed on them, but as adults, we do have a choice. Okay. So I want, I want to say that things that happen to children are not necessarily their choice. Those things are things that are done to them, things that happen in their life. But the things I've been saying in this episode don't apply to children who are at the mercy of their parents or the other adults in their life. Children aren't who this podcast is addressed to. I, I'm talking to adults. We, Those of us who are adults always have choices. Um, as one writer has said, circumstances filter the options from which to decide. Okay. And, and that's the point that maybe our circumstances are, uh, are creating a limited number of options. Um, but this writer went on to say, but creativity gives us the power to see beyond our current circumstances and limitations. Okay, so I, I hope you're hearing my heart here that I'm not insensitive to people who are in dire circumstances. Uh, but those of us has, as adults do have choices. They may not be great choices, but it's uh, the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's a different mindset and a different experience, even of difficult circumstances, if we can see... Um, that we have power over our life as opposed to merely being victims of things that have happened to us. So what are some of the things we can do about these situations where we're overloaded? Um, we've got too many, too much work to do, too many obligations. I've talked about a few things, but the bottom line here is a, a couple of things. First of all, we should make intentional choices and then own those choices acknowledge that we do have a choice, even if we don't like the options we have to choose from, even if the choice we're making feels like the least crappy option among only crappy options. Uh, I read a, 
some really good advice from psychologist, Dr. Amy Johnson, who's the author of a book called Modern Enlightenment, Psychological, Spiritual, and Practical Ideas for a Better Life. I haven't read it, but it sounds, um, from the article that I read that she uh, was quoted in, sounds like a really worthwhile read. And here's what Dr. Johnson said. When we have these things in our life that seem not great, we don't like them, uh, but we keep, we're stuck with them. She says, first examine the payoffs. Anywhere you are less than thrilled in life, look at the payoffs that are keeping you there. Sometimes the payoffs are obvious. Other times they're less clear. And many times they're unexamined and due for some reevaluation. So if there's a person in your life, you know, your best friend is just giving you fits is an example that Dr. Johnson gives. Why are you keeping that person in your life? If they're cruel to you or unkind or unreliable, is it because you've been friends since you were children? And, and you know, what, what, what is it that keeps that person in your life? Um, if it, it, then decide, is that, is it worth the trade-off? Because maybe if you think about it, it might not be. Uh, she goes on to say, make sure the payoffs are yours and make sure they are truly worth whatever you're putting up with. So if it's a job you have that you don't like, that you feel that you're stuck with, what is the payoff you're getting for staying in that job? And is it worth it? She then says, after you've really thought about the payoffs and all of that, she says, sit with the reality that you are choosing them. Again, your less than ideal relationship or job or city may be the best choice among a bunch of crappy options. That happens. But even when that's the case, Dr. Johnson says, you can remember that you're choosing it because it's the best option you have available right now. You're not a victim. You're an empowered person making a choice among crappy choices. So owning those choices, being aware and, and giving yourself uh, acknowledgement for having made choices and being intentional about it is one way of dealing with this. The other thing I would say is to make small steps in the direction you want to go. Don't try to completely overhaul your life. If you've done this analysis and realize you've got all this stuff going on in your life and, and, um, there's, you know, things that you're, you've committed to that, or that you've been doing that you don't want to be doing anymore. And, and you really want to change. I would encourage you not to try a complete overhaul, uh, but to make small steps. And so start with doing the, you know, we talk about this all the time, do a brain dump of everything that's bothering you, write down everything that's on your mind, everything that's weighing on you, everything in your life you'd like to change, get it all out of your head onto paper or on, you know, wherever you, whether it's handwritten, I recommend handwriting for this, honestly. Um, and then pick one thing to take action on something, something small. And it can be, you know, I'll spend five minutes each evening tidying or cleaning one small area of the house because your house, you feel like your house is out of control. Or if you, um, you feel like you never take the time to, uh, just to take care of yourself. Uh, maybe this change you're going to make, the action you're going to take is I'm going to spend 10 minutes each afternoon or each evening or whatever with a cup of tea and a good book. Or if you feel like you're just working long hours, 
longer than you want to be staying late every day. Maybe the action is going to be that you'll leave work on time just one day a week or one day a month, whatever you think you can do at this stage. But just pick one thing of all those things that you've been thinking about that have been weighing on you that you feel, you know, kind of buried by. Pick one thing uh, that you can do and, or that addresses a pain point and take that action. And as you get that one thing incorporated into your life as a new habit, you'll begin to gain momentum. And then you can pull out that list and pick another thing and take a small step toward that. Um, the next thing I would say is to be okay with asking for help, either actual help in getting things done, uh, be willing to let go and let people do things their way. Maybe they're not going to do things as well as you would, but, um, your the point here is to get some of the load off of you and make space for the things that you care about or just for rest and relaxation. So asking for help with doing those things or if you just really feel stuck and you don't know where to t- where to make a change or how or if it's even possible ask for help from a trusted friend or some an objective advisor or coach that you trust to help you see what your options might be and develop a plan and finally give yourself some grace First of all, if you are overloaded and and weighed down by too many obligations and and things that you feel stuck in, uh, remind yourself, you don't have to do it all. You are no less valuable if you choose to do less and and to let some things go. And and the other side of, of giving yourself some grace is acknowledging that making changes to our lives is hard especially when it involves saying no to someone or potentially disappointing other people. Don't beat yourself up for hesitating or for, you know, making a plan and maybe chickening out. Just give yourself a little grace and try again uh, another way or another day. Get some support and encouragement and just keep taking those small steps. So those are some thoughts I have for those of us who are, Uh, feeling kind of stuck in situations we don't want to be in and overloaded and tired. Um, I hope some of those ideas will be helpful to you. And and so I, I wonder what you think about this. Is there something in your life that you'd like to change, but you feel have felt powerless to do so? Is there a step you could take Um, to move in the direction that you want to be? Is there something that we've talked about today that you think would be helpful? Or another idea maybe that you have uh, that has worked for you that might work for other, other people in the community, other people who listen here? I'd love to hear your feedback on that. You can share your questions or your thoughts or your ideas in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 162. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the community Facebook group if you're a member there. Uh, And if you're not, please, um, if you're a woman who listens to this show, we'd love to have you in the community. There's great conversations and support for each other going on there. If you want to share your thoughts about this episode or anything else uh, with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. 
If this episode is helpful to you, if you enjoy the podcast, I would really appreciate your help in spreading the word about the productive woman. You can do that a number of ways. Uh, first of all, tell your friends. If you've got a friend who you think would benefit from um, being, you know, listening to the podcast, tell her or him about it and show them how to subscribe and and become part of this conversation. If this episode, you know, as you were listening to it, you thought of someone who could, who might benefit from it. Remember, you can share any episode by going to the show notes for that episode and click one of the social sharing buttons. You can share it on your Facebook page and your Twitter feed, uh, any number of ways there. Uh, you can also help um, kind of grow the audience, I guess, uh, expand the reach of the show by leaving a review in iTunes. When people are looking for a podcast, they may check out the reviews and, and get a sense of how helpful the show might be. And so you can go to the productive com slash iTunes, uh, where you can either subscribe if you don't already subscribe to the show, or you can leave a review there. I want to say a th- special thank you to Mark DeCoats from Canada, who left a really nice five-star review recently, who said, Hey guys, the show may be called The Productive Woman, but the tips, tricks, advice, and resources Laura shares in each episode are just as useful to us men. So I really appreciate that. I try to make it useful, not to, just to women. Um, I hope the, the name doesn't scare them off, uh, scare off the men. Uh, but thank you, Mark, for those kind words. Uh, you know, I guess I would say a couple of things. Well, first of all, I want to say shout a shout out to our sponsor, Kind. Um, Kind makes delicious, healthy snacks in the United States using whole ingredients that you can recognize and pronounce like whole nuts and whole grains. And Kind snacks, the bars are gluten-free, low sodium, they're even kosher. So if you're ready to try some tasty and healthy snacks, they have offered a very special deal for you. If you go to kindsnacks.com slash productive, uh, you can try a package of 10 different full size, not sample size, but full size kind bars for free. You just pay uh, the shipping for it. And this free sample box has a wide variety of these full size snacks, including their fruit, nut and chocolate bars, uh, their pressed fruit bars, and they even offer a sweet and spicy bar for you to try. Um, as I said, the snacks are gluten-free, they're low sodium, uh, they have no sugar alcohols, and they're made without genetically engineered agree- ingredients. Now, when you sign up for the sample box, again, you just pay the shipping. It's just a couple bucks, I think. Um, uh, you will also get to try their snack club where you can receive monthly snacks at a discount and get members only bonuses. So visit kindsnacks.com slash productive to get your free sample box. And also, um, don't forget to check out SaneBox uh, and get that $20 credit on your account when you sign up after the 14-day free trial. So you get to try it out. Visit SaneBox.com TPW and see how SaneBox can help you get your email under control. And thank you so much to Kind and SaneBox for sponsoring The Productive Woman and helping me get this free content to you. Finally, if you're looking for compassionate, supportive, and honest help in evaluating your situation, identifying where you could make changes, and creating a path forward, I would love to help you. 
Uh, Check out the work with me page on the website for information about the productive woman mastermind groups or private productivity coaching. Um, New mastermind groups will start right after the first of the year, but I'm taking applications now. And I do have a couple of spots, just a couple right now, open for one-on-one coaching, if that would be helpful to you. So go to theproductivewoman.com slash services to learn more. That's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you found something in it that is helpful to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.